All right. This is take two. Um, better together. Democrats and Republicans who love America. <clears throat> Episode 17. It's been a minute, and it's hard to find time to catch up with these topics. But I have some topics to address that, I, of course, I never fully feel they're fully covered by the liberal media or the conservative media, so I help to fill in the gaps, or I'm trying to. So let's dive into three topics that are on my mind. The mandates of the masks, as of now, being lifted. The homeless situation and Ukraine. Okay. So to start, uh, you know, we just have done a colossally horrible job continually. We don't ever seem to get better at our messaging, Democrats. I don't know what... Are we really that lame? Sometimes we really are. (laughs) It's just kind of shocking at why people are confused in California about mask mandates. Well, because it's not clear. So I, I, it's just astonishing this many, this, you know, two years in, we're still uh, getting people confused about the mask. So yes, California is going to lift the mask mandates, did lift the mask mandates for indoor. That doesn't mean anything. Essentially, what it means is it's left up to the business owners. So some people were complaining and on, so on different social media and podcasts I listen to their experiences and my own personal witness and just people, you know, highly educated people being confused um, because I think the messaging was, oh, California, we're lifting all indoor mask mandates to most people that's cueing them that they don't need a mask. Outside or inside? No, not the case. What they should have said is, we are doing that. However, it's all left up to the individual school, church, um, and business to uh, require what they require. But we, the state, aren't mandating it. But they may be. So have your mask with you. Have your digital COVID record. Some required to see the boosters. Some don't. Some are fine with the, with the two. So, you know, I don't know why that was such a, you know, incredibly difficult thing for my Democratic Party to concisely, you know, say in one big announcement, California, we're lifting the mandates, but it doesn't really mean anything. You still have to check with your local place and, and it's, you know, they have the right to refuse service. I mean, so all it means is have your mask on your person, have your digital COVID card on your person, and then you're fine. Then you can go get a coffee in line at Rockridge Coffee Shop area where they need to see a mask on you. It doesn't matter your vaccination status or they will not serve you. And then you can walk across the street to, you know, the Mexican restaurant and they will absolutely need to see your digital proof of vaccination. But they don't care if you wear the mask. So, you know, it just... I don't know why this was sloppy rollout, except it's just more continual sloppiness. So I guess I'm kind of kicking my own dumbs in the butt. Can we get better, please? Because I'm tired of us being lame with the messaging. It's annoying. It doesn't need to be. And we're educated, are we? Not? It's not looking that way. It's looking clunky. Anyway, that was a pet little peeve. I just don't like that. I don't know. After how many bad messaging... Uh, rollouts we've had. When are we going to learn this? Let's be thoughtful about the messaging. 
Uh, let's put ourselves in the perspective of other people who would be confused and anticipate that. Okay, anyway, solved it for you now. <laughs> Have the mask on your hand at all times for all eternity. Have your digital COVID card with all, then you're fine. Then go about your business and just follow, take cues from the individual owners of the businesses, school, church, or whoever else. There we go. Um Okay, I think I pretty much solved that one. Homeless. Gosh, there was a lot of new, a lot of homeless, 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 homeless. So it's been always the issue in San Francisco and in the country, but it really spiked with the pandemic and it also spiked with the cold weather we had, the snap where homeless were setting fires outside to keep warm, not to hurt anyone like in Glen Park, and then the fires get out of hand. So, And with the fentanyl <clears throat> crisis, um, with London's attempt to clean up the tenderloin and such, um, and all the different new creative types of ways of figuring out how to offset homeless with the RV idea, with the um, permission now for ADUs to be allowed to be built in San Francisco. <clears throat> and they were not previously allowed, and they are now, which is nice. And I re pretty much most of the state, I think, can now build ADUs. Even South Lake Tahoe, I about fell over. I was like, really? They're finally cracking, are they? Of course, they have a long laundry list of stipulations, of course, but... Um, you know, South Lake Tahoe has had terrible housing crisis issues, um, similar to Aspen, Colorado, where, you know, the prices of real estate are so high now and the workers just can't afford to live there. So they have to, you know, schlepping it all in from Nevada where they have cheaper rent. Um, but that's in like an hour drive for someone working at Applebee's, so to speak. Right. So it's nice. Um, I'm just covering a little bit of what's working. Um, well, what they did in Aspen was they built, they built tiny homes for their working class, essentially. They just designated an area and built tiny homes, apparently. And that's helping so that people that work in Aspen not making a lot of money don't have to at least spend it all on gas. So Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe is not doing that, but they're doing something different where you have to have a single family home zoning. So I'm maxed out because I have a multiplex. I have a multiplex zoned area. So none for me uh, allowed, but if you have a single family home, you can build uh, an ADU, which is an accessory dwelling unit, also known as a granny unit or mother-in-law unit, um, to their specifications, of course, um, and help rent it out, which is nice. So of course, you know, the only downside of that is that they before the pandemic they already had labor shortages there to for construction and now even more so. But at least it's allowed. You know, at least it's allowed. So for those of means there that have the single family home uh, zoning, they can, you know, be encouraged to put up uh, money to help house. I don't know if the government's pitching in a matching amount or something. Probably something. It'll probably go that way. They probably want to see first who can afford it on their own. And it will increase the property value, obviously, of that homeowner. So that's one way that, you know, 
for housing affordability is getting managed. Oops, let's look at this. After delay, San Francisco approves 250-person homeless shelter in the Tenderloin. Vacant youth hostel building just north of the Tenderloin. Board of Supervisors voted unanimously to approve a two-year, $18.7 million contract for nonprofit urban alchemy, which will operate a shelter at 711 Post Street in Lower Knob Hill. The shelter is expected to open this spring, according to city officials. This spring is in a couple months. That's great. So they're going to convert an old rundown hotel and make it housing for the homeless. I think that's a great idea. I'm for that solution. Um, yeah. That's a winner to me. Another creative, they're getting creative, another idea, which is controversial, uh, San Francisco Chronicle vacant home tax could appear on San Francisco's November ballot. Vacant home tax could appear on San Francisco's November ballot. San Franciscans might vote this fall on whether the city should tax thousands of vacant homes to encourage landlords to rent them out and help ease the housing crisis. Um, they should say encourage owners, not landlords. I think the owners don't want to become landlords is the thing. Um, so that's controversial in the sense that if you own a second home and you're of means and your second home has to happens to be in San Francisco, say you say your full-time residence is in New York or somewhere else on the East Coast or internationally in China or gosh knows where, and San Francisco is a vacation home for you. Um, should you be taxed? Um, just because the city has problems fighting homelessness, that's a little bit, yeah, it's a little controversial. Should the person, yes, obviously of means, you know, have to pay um, a vacant home tax? And would it encourage them, that's another thing, is would it encourage them to actually rent it out is that even a feasible thing because I don't know that it would it would be another way of them getting money the city of getting money by the vacant home tax but where would that vacant home tax money be directed should said second homeowner which would second home would be San Francisco opt not to rent it out then where does that money go see where does that money go I would vote no on that unless it's clear that the money would go into something like one of those you know, old hotel renovations for the homeless or something where it was specific. If it's not specific and it's open-ended, that money can go anywhere. And I think just taxing people's vacant homes is not right. So that could be a little shady. Not going to read the whole thing. <laughs> this one was just crazy. February 10th, 2022. Conservatives jumped all over this, but I think probably we all just jumped all over this. San Francisco residents asked to take in homeless people into their homes. Some charities have urged local families who are sick of seeing the homeless Christ on their doorstep, doorsteps to do something about it personally and take them into the house. I mean, there's all sorts of wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a facetious 
dig and frustration by the city. Um, but that's just ludic- what a, a ludicrous notion. And I guess some people are doing it. Um, but I, uh, that has received tons of criticism also by social workers and people in the field who are saying, you know, you're, you, a lot of homeless are not just people that had experienced a fire in their house and now they don't have anywhere to live. Homeless can encompass a lot of mental illness and a lot of drug addiction. There's all different types of homeless. Homeless aren't just one picture. Hence, I don't believe the answer for homelessness is um, one answer either. I believe we need a lot of variety in the answers. So, um, no. (laughs) Not only that... But by San Francisco uh, law, if you take somebody into your house for more than 30 days, they don't have to leave. You can call the sheriff, you can call the police, and they'll just say, sorry, you let them in your house. It's quite different here than it is, say, in Nevada, where the sheriff will kick them out. No. So I didn't like that, and I don't know if that was another sneaky way to... Uh, maybe prey on the innocence or ignorance of innocent people that are meaning well but don't know the rules. Yeah, so don't do it. Anyone staying in your house as a guest for more than 30 days continuously, by law, doesn't have to leave. And you can't kick them out. And the only way to kick them out is if you sell your house and relocate it somewhere else. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, if that's a sneaky way to try to trap homeless people into the homes of well-meaning but ignorant people, no. Plus, it doesn't really serve the homeless person, too, if they have drug addiction issues or not safe to be around, say, young children or a family. I mean, that was just absolutely the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of, honestly. And if it's working for some people, great. If it is a family taken in a, you know, someone they know or, you know, was a victim of a fire or something that they feel confident about, okay, but limit it to less than 30 days for your own protection, please. Yeah, I don't think the article bothered to mention that. Looking out, looking out. We have a very, why, so why does San Francisco do that? And other places like Nevada, we'll call the sheriff, they'll be like, you're out. It's to protect the, protect the rental market here. Because if you could let anyone stay indefinitely, I mean, come on. I mean, the rental market would go. So it's a protection of that. It's a discouragement. Obviously, no one wants to be giving up all their power to be able to decide who can live in their home or not. So if they make it really rigid, less than 30 days, um, is fine. More than 30 days, they, you can't kick them out. You lose your authority. That will deter that. And what will that do to the rental market? Protect it. Okay. So now we know why San Francisco has that rule. Then not everybody knows. Okay. First look inside San Francisco Youth Hostel turn homeless shelter. First look inside San Francisco Youth Hostel turn homeless shelter. Once they get stable, that's when they can begin to heal. Though the pandemic as hostels became temporary homeless shelters, they learned this model can be successful in helping people transition from streets into more stable housing. Great. 
I like the variety. I think the answer to solving the homeless issues is uh, not one answer, multiple answers. Fox News. Area around San Francisco's drug recovery linkage center resembles an open-air drug market. Area around San Francisco drug, okay. Uh, connecting homeless people and drug addicts with basic services. It is rather bizarre that... Um, the places that are there to help people get off the drugs and um, get clean up their lives and get their lives back on track are right in the same area of, of heavy drug dealing and heavy activity as if people aren't seeing that. I mean, obviously people of means in Southern California go to Malibu, right, for their recovery. They're by the ocean. They're by the beach. They are... Um, you know, removed from the inner cities. But those are at a high price, obviously. That's for the, you know, the rich that can afford those price tags of those expensive recovery centers by the beach. But my thing is we have a beach. We have a beach. We have an ocean beach. Can we not have some sort of like a dumbed down Malibu recovery type thing on our beach? That's maybe not Malibu, maybe not luxury, but still encompassing the value of nature away from where the drug dealers are actually, you know, so you come out of your meeting and wham, there's your drug dealer. I mean, that is pretty lame. This has always been a criticism I've had on my city, and it looks very much like uh, strategic ensuring that there's going to be continual problems where maybe a drug rehab facility could be built down by Great Highway, away from all that, uh, with bus access, and you get the you get that Malibu model, but without that price tag. I don't know. That's just going to throw it out there as an idea. Okay. Daily Mail. San Francisco homeless man says he gets paid $620 a month. James, self-proclaimed junkie, says San Francisco's soft-on-crime policies and government assistance make it easy to be homeless and share how the drug crisis has wor worsened. This made a lot of conservative papers and news and uh, liberal as well. And basically he was saying, you know, it's, it's, it's encouraging to stay homeless because all the needs are getting met. So there's not really the need to move forward. This is a problem. Um, that we have to make sure in these well-meaning liberal policies, of which a lot of them I'm for, um, they don't just become, you know, funding streams that don't really move the person forward in their life, right? Okay. Okay. They just throw people away, San Francisco Chronicle. Bay Area parents seek help for mentally ill children. They just throw people away. As Molly Shirk set up her tent to begin three days of camping on bumpy aggregate of Oakland Civic Plaza, she thought of her daughter, Jennifer, 47, out there somewhere in her own tent. Shirk, 70, isn't sure where Jennifer is. She said her daughter is bipolar, and Shirk has a restraining order against her due to violent episodes and broken windows at the family home in Oakland. Um... 
Yeah. So, I mean, where did this really all start? A lot of it. Well, it's st- it started um, when Ronald Reagan, in his administration, um, shut down the mental the state mental hospitals. So, why did the state psychiatric hospitals across the country get shut down? Um, they got shut down because of abuse and neglect and ill treatment and just all kinds of bad from the psychiatric profession at the time in the 60s and 70s. And Ryan Murphy's creative take on it in season two of American Horror Story. Briarcliff, anyway, if you want to watch a more theatrical version depicting it. But also One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Ken Kesey, with Jack Nicholson, who won that award, was kind of also putting an eye on the scene. It's all part of that same era. Um, And Reagan, one of his first things was shut them all down. If this is how they are going to run these hospitals and the psychiatric field, we're shutting them down. We're taking their funding. And that's exactly what happened. So all of the mental patients were let out. And we still see a lot of that, and there are different generations of new ones. But the good thing of that era was in 1975, the Lanterman Act was formed. The year I was born. And that proposed to replace um, these people that had the psychiatric experience and put them, the ones that could function relatively well, into their own apartments with just social services to help them along with what was needed. Um, so that did work for a lot of them. You know, as if you've ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, some of those patients in the movie didn't need to be there, but their families didn't want them. Society was like, put away, put away, and they were there. And so the ones that were functionable um, basically got their own apartment, the case management services, their government check, Section 8 housing, and could have the most degree of freedom and the least amount of burden on the taxpayer. So it was a win-win. It was a good sell, and it worked. But did it work for everyone? And what about the people that were, you know, not assigned a house or not now having a psychiatric hospital to really go to? So a lot of them continually are the... um, Leftovers from Reagan's decision. So, I know it's controversial. I think we need to bring them back. I know Trump said that. I'm not talking about the way that Trump said it because Trump is baby boomer. And when he says he wants to bring them back, I'm thinking he means the way they used to be. No, 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 no. So, I think we should bring the state mental hospitals back, but with a whole new focus. Envision, if you will, um, state mental hospitals with modern psychiatry wellness centers. Totally different than, you know, Nurse Ratched's little uh, stomping ground. And not anything of Briarcliff, but actually like really state-of-the-art psychiatric standard care that is like up-to-date, that is full of checks and balances, lots of patient rights, but are wellness centers. I think we could do that. I would gladly pay taxes to see those created. And I think there's a place for that in society, and I don't think it's going back to the old days. I think it's reinventing the old days with modern technology, modern medicine, and also modern modern psychiatric care, patient rights, and wellness, all kind of in one for those who really can't be on their own, maybe don't fully belong in a psychiatric facility, but somewhere in the middle.
and not in a camping tent under the bridge. Yeah. So I would like to see that revolution happen very soon. And I would love to see it under Biden's rule, frankly. I would like to see Biden, who is also a boomer, um, who remembers the state of those hospitals in the day, to, to bring them back. But bring them back with wellness and with ethics and with patient rights and with all the good things that we have now. Yeah, full integration. Holistic psychiatry. All kinds of good stuff. Um, and I think we all would want to pay taxes for that, or at least Democrats would. And I think we're kind of piecemealing it together with these like other solutions, but I think that's a huge solution too. Yeah. Call them wellness clinics. We can, it can be clinics or centers. It doesn't have to be a psychiatric hospital if that's still stigmatic. I don't know how licensing would work with all that, but that's my, that's my hope out there. So they won't be left out in the cold. Now, what does New York do? New York made uh, took care of their homeless by basically putting most of them in jail under the you know morale and, and rationale of, hey, you know, they're going to die out there in the freezing cold. We're going to put them in jail. At least they'll be alive. True, but it's not a crime to be homeless. So, um, whoops. Um, it's not a crime to be homeless and they shouldn't be in jail unless you're committing a crime. So I think not a jail. I think this new revamped, um, ethical, decent new hospital system. Yeah. We've been, yes. Who pays for it? The taxpayers. Yes, we should as we should. Okay. So maybe Biden will launch that. It would be great. It's needed all over the country. So um, I'm going to pause here now, and we'll do Ukraine another day, I think. I Because, uh, yeah, I'm kind of wanting just to end off on this topic. Um, but one thing I can say is probably Ukraine has never felt more loved ever by the world. So I just want you to think when you're thinking of the war and you're thinking of the horrific imagery and all this stuff, just also remember that Ukraine's experiencing more love from complete strangers than it ever has before. And that's, that is something special too out of this. And we'll go on more about my thoughts on that. But for now, let's bring back the mental hospitals, but let's do them right. Let's do them ethical. Let's do them fair. Let's let McMurphy put the world series on have them all watch the game and let's have uh you know let's just redo it but do it better why not we can do this we're america we're very creative okay i think we should do it in san francisco i think we should start it here you know why because ucsf psychiatry is the number one cited research in the world so i think we should particularly launch it myself not me myself but my my hope is that we, San Francisco, will launch a prototype for the nation. We should. Okay. Thanks.